Hey everybody, this is Jose and you're listening to the Jiu-Jitsu Experience Podcast, the show that chronicles the ups and downs, ins and outs of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for the people who love Jiu-Jitsu. Thanks for listening, guys. Hey, and we're back. I'm Jose and I got my good friend Richard. How's it going? Yep. And um, today we don't have Driston. Um, I had invited Richard. He's down here or up here visiting from Miami area. Best way to describe it. Um, when I started at Carson Gracie, um, I think I was there a couple months, and then you moved down, right? From right, Northern. From Atlanta. Yeah. They moved down. So pretty much the entire time I've been doing, I've been going there. You've been there. Right. Um, and then recently you moved down south um, to the Miami area of Margo, Margate. Yeah, Margate is Mar- the city. It's the Broward County area. Yeah. Um, and then a few of these episodes have been topics that you have given me, like ideas. Okay. And um, I'll try to post them up there. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, you, you literally would text me and go, hey, why don't you talk about this? And, you know, either that week or the next week, I told Tristan, and then we throw them up there. So it um, it's helped me a lot. And if you have any ideas, leave it in the comment or go to my Instagram. Uh, at the Jose Feliciano, and I'll try to get one for the podcast. But, um, but yeah. So, welcome. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for having me. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna talk about everything today. I mean, um, I think when I first started the podcast, I re- it, it originally was this is my journey of of starting jujitsu at such an old age. Like I was thirty eight when I started. I'm forty. Right. Um. I really thought that I was going to get injured a lot and do it for like a year or two and then be out. But I feel a lot healthier now. I'm more flexible and everything. So, and then like once I got Dristin and we try to do like topics for a while and then we realized that me and Dristin would just like talk about anything. So we would literally start off about, Hey, blah, 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 current event. Gordon Ryan won the ADCC again. And then we throw it into whatever. So, um, I don't really think there's anything like current, um, Jiu-jitsu related. I mean, um, I try. I try to keep up. I haven't seen anything uh, recently, so um, yeah. You go ahead. You were talking earlier about um, the same thing I did, starting jujitsu at right. an older age and and that lifestyle and and how has it helped you? Because that, that's what we really want to talk about. Like, I know there's people that like say it saved their life, and and right. I really feel like they're just repeating stuff online. Right. Like, like, oh, yeah, I saved my life because I used to work nine hours a day or something, something dumb. But there's other people that, like, it has saved their life from health or personal stuff. Um, so, I mean, and with me, it was, I think I've said it before, like, I, I, I knew how to beat up somebody. But in a situation where I didn't need to beat up somebody, I didn't know what to do right. I didn't know how to safely hold and maintain, you know pressure on somebody so police came and and this was because at the church i was in the safety team or security team and i was like man i know how to beat this guy up right now but that's not that's not that's not what you're supposed to do like i want to learn how to what if i could just hold him down to the future yeah yeah so but yeah so you what uh what got you into jujitsu really it was my it was not something that i planned more so to find something for my son, my son who's now currently nine years old. I'm in 2019. Um, 
I wanted to get him in martial arts at a young age because, you know, he was starting school, uh, complaining about picking on him, so on and so forth. Yeah. So it's just a re- reiterating confidence that I wanted him to develop at a younger age versus us. We basically got thrown into the fire. Mm-hmm. Our circumstances, our community basically said, you know, you're going to fight or just hide for the rest of your life. At least you're at a young age. Um, but so I found a place uh, at that time I was living in Georgia. I found a place nearby and uh, there wasn't many schools, especially close to close to where I was at. And um, so I found a location and I brought him in there. And so I said, hey, do you got a children's program? They had it, it was very small. It was only I think he became the fourth child or maybe fifth, but it was sporadic. It was like a four year old five-year-old hmm. jump to a 12-year-old there's my six but he's a bigger six-year-old so it's kind of like the bigger guy the bigger child is um too big a little bit the, yeah. and the younger child is small for him mm-hmm. but either way you know i wanted to to uh get him involved in that i had been around taekwondo and and other martial arts this is not to disrespect any of those martial arts but I, that's not what I wanted for him, right? Um, having done security as well as you um, for different events, I know I felt what would be effective for tight quarters situation, basically. Mm-hmm. And so grappling was the first thing that came into mind. Uh, diffusing the situation in and out, you know? Or, and so when I went there, he was like, hey, you know, he invited me. He said, hey, listen, we have a free class for adults. It's best if you guys come together. Um, they have a specific program, less amount of money, so on and so forth. And so he basically invited me. Then he found out I was ex-military. So there was an additional discount because of that. And so I ended up you know, joining at the same time. And from there on, I just fell in love with it right away. So I got in there, and I thought it would be an incentive for him to watch his dad go ahead and train at the same time. You know, he... Uh, typically, sons want to mimic what their dads do. So uh, by him seeing me, that would be like an extra incentive for him and just keep pushing him. So I got there, and I remember my first day. Of course, you got to sign the waiver, right? <laughs> and you just sign. Now you, don't know, yeah. <laughs> you don't know what it means or yeah. says, really. It's just basically they'll tell you, you know, get hurt. You know, it's, mm-hmm. we're, we're free from responsibility. So you're, you know, you're at it. So I had, you know, boxed in the past, you know, we work on footwork and so on and so forth. So here's this guy, you know, he's probably five foot four, five, you know, mm-hmm. brown belt. And he's sitting on his ass and he's just open guard and just sitting there mm-hmm. like, damn, this is the easiest shit I ever, you know, ever experienced. But man, I couldn't get past this guy's guard yeah. for nothing. Doesn't matter what kind of footwork I had. And it was that experience, basically, that just wanted to uh, learn more about it. Then I found out, you know, the benefits of it. I was getting tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike I had ever been tired before, you know, even when I was in the military, every Friday we would run up the hill, mm-hmm. the four-mile run. I was never fatigued like I was that day. And, uh, but it was that um, drive. That, that I wanted to know 
how I can pass this guy's guard. Why is it that I can't pass that guard? So that eventually led me to come back, coming back, coming back. And, you know, so I started from there. I fell in love with the art, started watching all these different videos. Of course, I just uh, shoved by the, the, the flips, the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the younger guys doing that and the other. And I've seen those things executed by, uh, unfortunately, white belts, you know, mm-hmm. who are just in it and they're trying to do something they mimic. And either them or the other person is, ends up with, you know, a broken limb and so on and so forth. It's just, and of course that goes, in my opinion, that, that is the, the lack of um, responsibility or culpability from the actual instructor to let them freelance that way. Um, there's just, in my opinion, there's a lack of structure there. And for them to actually feel that they can do that at that level. Mm-hmm. So... So I just wanted to learn. The older you get, now I started when I was 45. So, you know, at that time, uh, the one thing that doesn't shut off is if you've been competitive or have been part of a competitive sports, that doesn't, the competitive nature doesn't shut off regardless to your age. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I will challenge you in a game of tic-tac-toe and I will make sure that I won't leave this room until I beat you. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's that competitive nature that we have. Um, so that competitive nature led to me, you know, wanting to, to prove one. And so I took one thing. Uh, what was it? It was pressure. So once I realized, okay, I can pressure. They want to avoid me from passing the guard because they don't like my pressure. My pressure makes them very uncomfortable. Okay, so how do I get past the guard? So with certain levels, you get past the guard a little bit easier than you would with the higher belts. You probably get past the guard but you then okay so how do i avoid getting tapped out you know so you work on you look at defense what so on and so forth and the amazing part that i found about jujitsu was that even if i could look at five separate videos on how to pass guard from five separate instructors non-affiliates non-related so on and so forth and each one will give five examples different from the other four and so that's why i said man there's just a multitude of ways able to execute a pass passing the guard and that is what intrigued me more because you know um with my experience in the past with other art forms uh it's just a b c and um yes eventually it works off of instinct when i box you can sense when a jab is coming Mm -hmm. just by positioning just by the foot placement so on and so forth just by how far the shoulder is, yes, there is still a, a calculation, you know, that you have to make that distinction. But with jujitsu, I found out that it's situational. You can't predict what the other person is going to do all the time. So it's how do you prevent from you tapped out or uh, being taken in a more vulnerable position, like if they take your back, pass your guard, they're, you know, trying to belly, so on and so forth. How do you get out of that? How do you get out of that situation and then counter, you know? So, of course, with the higher belts, I realized, okay, I'm not going to be able to counter, especially when, when we're fresh and you can relate to this. We're new into this and we're trying to execute the moves we just learned in class mm-hmm. when we're when it's yeah, time the to roll, you know? So it's like, come on, these guys, these guys already know this. So, mm-hmm. okay, so I'm going to prevent it. We make it as hard as possible. And so other... uh persons in the school would advise and say, hey, put yourself in bad positions and work yourself out of them. Yeah. 
And so that's what I, we started, uh, I started incorporating game is putting myself in a bad position and, uh, and eventually figuring how to, how, how to work myself out of it. So if I'm able to go, if I'm rolling with a higher belt and I'm able to escape, I remember one time I was, I don't, I forget the guy's name, but I was rolling, he's a brown belt. I was rolling with him and he eventually got to tap me out, but, um, someone the higher belt than both of us was watching us roll. And he said, he got you on the fourth attempt. So apparently he had attempted to submit me three times before, and I was able to escape that. In other words, I, apparently I recognized what he was able to prevent it. But of course, on the fourth one, he caught me and, and that's fine. You know, it's not a competition, right? Mm -hmm. We're here to, we're here to learn practice mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. But we try to maintain that level of intensity, right? So, um, you know, I don't want to go on to that just yet. So that was in 2019. Of course, COVID hit, right? And um, so we stopped. And unfortunately, at that time, uh, in 2019, also I got hit with like real life situation. My wife, uh, who is the mother of my son, the one that I mentioned to you, diagnosed many people diagnosed with cancer and uh this was 2019 in september uh and then a month later my mom was already in the hospital her situation was a bit more uh severe um so at the time when they told my wife went and found out we were told there initially that it, there was no essentially terminal that that eventually to her passing away so but love is involved and and you know that again going back to that competitive uh spirit you're fighter you don't I found myself convincing her that we should at least try yeah. she didn't want to do it, but we did um but then unfortunately when i found out my mom was sick she was in Atlanta, and uh so two months after the diagnosis passed in december that same so hers was she eventually had two tumors she had one in what led her to go to the hospital was because there was in there was a blockage opening of the esophagus that had mm -hmm. next to the stomach okay so there was blocking so food able to the stomach area to does so when they did the biopsy or the sonogram at the time they found another tumor in the liver so two um so they even though they were going to initiate treatment um she she had ended up having john infection and so you you know because it breaks down your immune system does um they never um were able to start treatment eventually because of the infection uh so unfortunately after that and that was your mom or that was my mother so um needless to say COVID really still hadn't hit well at that time and i remember four days after that finding out uh i went to class and i went to train that day i recall me sitting there i was actually kneeling after a roll 
and I knew where I was at, but mind, like, this was still unrealistic. I was still processing what happened, and so I could never fully accept it at the time because I was still battling with my wife, right? So had I, I felt at the time, have I shown any signs of like discouragement? And it would then go to my wife. My wife would see that, see that I'm broken down, see that I'm not uh, into fighting, you know, not hurting. Uh, I'm now discouraged instead of encouraged to keep going. Right? Yeah. So, um, I decided to withhold uh, what I was feeling, you know, for the loss of my mom. Uh, so eventually, um, COVID hit, everything shut down. Um, so we couldn't train either way. So we had like, uh, you know, you buy those children, big, uh, I don't know, they're not star, it's like a rubber for letters and numbers and mm -hmm, they're like mm -hmm. puzzles. Yeah. So we bought that and we had an extra build it out. You had ABC three and me and my son would, you know, yeah. practice rolling because that's, that's all we had Or schools were closed at the time. And even though they had reopened. Uh, my wife was still sick, so running the COVID, coming back home would have been, you know, yeah. really bad for us. So, um, of course, you know, I had my weight training set um, in the in the garage, and I would just stay home and do what I had to try to work on on that. And then, so eventually, um, after that, um, you know, she was on the treatment for the first uh, year year or so. I think it was like a year. And that's she the had, chemo? That's the first. There were three treatments have to take. And uh, and essentially it was take the first one until it no longer affects. And then you go to the next one. But each one was less and less time. So initially the first one was only last uh, six months. But she went two months with it before it no longer had effect in it doctor basically uh, told us you know, not working after moving to the next one. Uh, so the next one, basically, she started deteriorating fast after the second one because the second one was the one they actually done until we got like a biopsy performed on her to kind of get pinpoint exactly where this thing is at. Um, so she had that already in mind, effects of it. Um, so when she got the second one, it became pretty downhill there. And so it was kind of me having to talk to doctors, me having not mentioned or what the doctors were telling mm -hmm. me, me having to research how to prolong uh, what we were told initially was inevitable. And me not sharing, like as I was looking at her, looking at signs and so on and so forth, I had to kind of uh, read what those signs were and then confirm with doctors that I was reading correctly. So of course I could not share those things because you her to spiral down even faster. Uh, so the accepting part was very it took long where I can accept this was what the outcome was. So when eventually she looked at me and said, Hey, I'm not I can't do it. So I just looked at her and I didn't, and I ignored her and I didn't say anything really. She said it again, not right away, but she said it on a separate occasion. She said it again. 
And then after the third time, I ignored her again. Third time, I said, okay, that's fine. But you know, we're going to still um, fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I my my brother died. He had a brain tumor on the brainstem, so I had like hours. Or my, my sister called me in the morning and she goes, uh, "Hey, your your you know, our brother's in the hospital and the fifty fifty that he's gonna you know he's gonna live. He goes, right. but be prepared that he's probably gonna die." Right. And that was like early, like I don't know, five, six o'clock in the morning. So we go to the hospital and the doctor really he's. Pretty much brain dead already right. you know there's a couple of things we could do um and i think they switched doctors because the first one didn't want to do anything he just come and say your goodbyes and then another doctor came in and says well we're going to try to relieve pressure in his brain and you know and see if that that changes anything and it nothing worked i mean pretty much the the tumor was on the brain stem and i think it put so much pressure that it it um like separated it's a brain dead you know and um he goes, well, we'll let you guys, uh, we'll, we'll keep him on a machine because anything could happen, you know. Right. And they would do the, um, they would turn off the machine to see how, if he was still breathing or how much brain function. And each time it was nothing. But he goes, hey, so we'll wait until Saturday night. Do whatever you got to do. Whoever needs to travel and say their goodbyes. And what it means, like, I, I, that, to me, that wasn't like a goodbye because I, I got a phone call like, one day, you know, you're being called and like, hey, uh, pretty much it's like, come, I, I don't know, sign paperwork, you know, your brother died. So um, I, my cousin lost his wife um, from cancer and and he told me, he goes, you know, you didn't get to see her suffer or see my, you know, your brother suffer. You know, his wife had suffered for years at that point. So it was, you should see it as a blessing that you woke up one day and he's gone, you know, and, you know you went through it they go you don't know what it is to to go through all that and to see her you know yeah so i mean it's i don't know like it's it is it it was such a like a feeling like i really only had minutes to to put it all together and then and to go how do i walk forward from here like how do i get up tomorrow you know then realizing that other people have gone through it or have gone through worse or have gone through none of it and They'll complain about the silliest things, and um, you know, and you know, and people are like, "Oh man, I haven't talked to somebody in years or something." And, well, I lost a brother. Like, it's so different. Like, I don't know. You you know you know the feeling, and it's so hard to describe the feeling. And and it it takes you to places that you don't ever think. So the one part, like how you know. Like the the on, I just remember these days on the um I had to being the oldest child I had to sign the papers in case mm. you know, that said something would happen that she didn't resuscitate yeah you know, yeah and yeah. then uh, so as I signed these papers and all of these are happening hour within one hour of, literally a one hour then I get a call from my I signed the papers I turned that in my calls me and says, I got to rush back to the hospital, rushes back to the hospital. I'm driving to, uh, there was a Christmas party that day at the company I was working with. I'm driving there, calls me. Uh, hey, I got your mom. 
can't talk because she has a tube in her mouth. Can't talk. So I knew that when I was going to talk to her, essentially, was mm -hmm. goodbye. So that's pretty much like I, I, that's what I did, right? And so with the issue, my wife was. I had to accept that, but I still, again, going back to that competitive side of you, that part that doesn't give up, that says, okay, I'll accept this, but we still can't stop. So we developed a program that would allow her back up uh, fast. Mm -hmm. And so we went into a hospice program, and, you know, they do what they do. They're not there to take comfort yeah. for the remainder. So, but the Georgia weather is very cold, and she was already physically she stand that she ended up coming to Lakeland. I didn't want to go to Miami where uh, it's too crowded. It's not where I want to raise my son. We ended up coming to Lakeland, and initially we were in hotels because our we found the home. Found the home ready yet? So the home I purchased basically how I knew she was. So she was able to see the home, how it was framed up, how it was designed. So every every minute that I knew she wouldn't. It was one level no more. Uh, so, uh, but we actually were in hotels and started to stop. And, and uh, the, the well, I was like, so one day I looked up and they were opening back up. But still, mind you, I have my wife. It's a little risky for me, right, to do that. So um, I said, okay, I'm going to find out what school. And I ended up coming to Carlson Gracie School in Lakeland. And, uh, you know, I met with him. You guys have a morning class. Put me part of the chat. So I was like, okay, guys, they're all relative family men, so forth. They can't stay because of work schedules. So I said, okay, great. So during that time, of course, nobody's awake. Able to go, train, come back home. I already knew. So I went there. That's when we first met, you know, and I had already, you know, I had the seven months uh, prior to Georgia, and I, but I had been out for like nearly a year, I think, before I got back in there. And, uh, you know, so it was just rolling with everybody. And I even, I remember even being questioned by Brandon. He was like, you're not one of the white belt skies. You guys are really a black belt. <laughs> yeah. It's coming in. No, I said, but of course, as you could tell, you know, I enjoyed it. We tried to roll. We tried to uh, help each other out and so on and so forth. Because we were all relatively new, mm -hmm. uh, I, be I believe. Primarily, I, I don't recall any higher belts there consistent. I know that were there. Yeah, and, and I think the only higher belts that would have came would have either been the two brothers, um, Fletcher and Dalton. Right. Um, and then a couple of black belts that come in the morning. I know Chris Lowe used to teach a lot. Um, but yeah, if it wasn't like like me, you, Brandon, I think he was with a white belt. But he was pretty much uh, moving on to blue. Um, but yeah, so it, it was, it was, and it was mostly. Firemen in the morning. 
Yeah, police officers. A couple officer. of police, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there was a, a couple of them that all became blues last year. Right. Um, were there. So, yeah, it was a lot of white belts. But, like, when I got there, like, what you said is, like, they were they were already, like, on the, on the steps to to get to blue. Right. Or they were a lot higher. Like, I think. I thought they were. Maybe they got brown last year. I don't know. So, they're high purples. I mean, now they're both ready to go to black, but. Um, so talking about that, like when I met you, we're doing the mornings and we were talking about, um, got to know each other and you're like, oh, you know, I moved down here for my wife and, and then I didn't see you for a few months. I don't know. What was it? Like five, six months. And then I saw you again and it really broke my heart when you said, oh no, she passed. Cause I said, how's your wife doing? And I was, I, I was, I, I was hoping to, you know, hear the positive. Then he said, "I oh, know she passed." They really broke my heart right there. Like, yeah, like, yeah. I remember coming back. I came back in October. I remember that month very clear. I came back, and there I just, uh, I was gonna do, uh, tap out cancer. Mm -hmm. I was gonna prepare for that in the morning. One of the black belts. Area. Uh, uh huh. Yep. Came over by guards and so on. And I told them about this tournament coming up. Do it. I was going to do it, of course, memory. And uh, unfortunately, uh, a couple months after that, man, I, August, my wife passed in May. A couple months after that, I got a call that my daughter passed from COVID. So when she that happened, I'm shit, man. The way I'm going to try. Like, I mean, I don't. Like, so I remember down. My, I was driving down to Miami because I had this mom, my daughter's mom. I had more talk to. And uh, as I'm driving down, I start reflecting on what all these things happened. Like, typically with boss. Here's man, hope with this is what's driving down at the time. Ex mother, I tell I, I riding in the car and I said, In a year and eight months, I lost my can't, and it hit me. Almost first impact by a loss, you know, giving me three um, impactful hits. So a lot of times during that time, of course, dark period. To like, I come to after my wife is because. It it it's not only it's not only physically tasking on you, it's also psychologically. It puts you in positions where your mind is constantly thinking about prevents attacks, on and so forth. Your mind is constantly at work. It's basically chess on the mat. As many people have described it, and agree with that, because you're literally trying to figure things out. It's an escape. So it's just like life. Related to life, I 
how do I heal? And then it's not just myself, it's my son losing, my son losing my sister, my son losing my grandmother. You know, the most impactful, of course, was the, the loss of his mom. But uh, how do I, what do I do when he's having his, because it's not just about me. And there's no books, there's no nothing, there's no nothing that kind of tells you, uh, hey, you Mm. Do that. So at that time, I found myself very angry, pissed off, like, and particularly with religious, uh, you know, God has a plan, all these, like, don't just talk because you want to talk. Try to listen. Don't say a catchphrase. It's bullshit, you know, and this is the typical response. Everybody wants to say something, but nobody wants to hear. And um, so this is, but this is just my experience personally. Um, I later, I'm in that transition now where I've, I've learned that I've heard people say many times, well, you got your son, and that should be patient. Yes and no. If if I don't take care of myself, I'm not there for my. I put myself at risk. Have something happen to me, or if I'm careless with my life, and I put myself at risk to not be there for myself, is my motivation. But I also have to focus it. And, and your son's gonna um, grow up and move out. Like so, if if you do everything for your son for another nine years, or let's say he, let's say he leaves at eighteen, whatever, right? right? If you do everything for him for the next nine years and he leaves and then you're going back to facing the reality of what do I do now? And then everything starts coming back. So yeah, that I understand what you're saying with, um, uh, we'll do it for your son. And then all the catchphrases like, um, and this is like, I've been in churches that sort of tell us like, don't just say that to people cause they're angry. Like, you know that they're angry. Like, you know, you just can't say a catchphrase and then it's fixed. Like you really have to be there for them. Um, of course, there you know God does have a plan, but like you, you need to say it in a better way. Of, um, uh, like one pastor goes, sometimes you just sit there, say nothing, say nothing. and that's all they want, you know, and it, you know, and and um, but yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Like some some people just, I don't know, you go, man, I stubbed my toe. Like they feel the need to say something, you know, and something you, know, you don't say nothing. You go, oh man, sorry, you know, and. But yeah, so I I know what you're saying. Like, it, it, I mean, because if if you did everything for your son for the next nine years and then he leaves or ten years, whatever, right? Then you're back to what now? So you're right. You need to do you need to do everything for you because you will always be there for your son, your sons, both both of them. You know, you're always going to work for them. But if you're not taking care of yourself and getting yourself, you know, mentally right, then what good are you going to be for them? Like, they're going to come to you with problems. Or they're going to get a problem in their life and they're going to see what you did. If you did it wrong, then they're going to do it wrong. Right. It's, my, it's my older son. One day he says to me, I just found which was impactful for him as well. You know, had been around with how my older son mm-hmm. says to me, hasn't been the best year this So when he said that, I was like, you don't realize that the children actually pay attention yeah. to the effort. 
just that they're not um going to press it all the time yeah right so because they're still transitioning they're still growing they're still they don't their thought process is different so of course that carries much more weight than someone telling you god has a plan right just because like you have so it's it's traditional something happens to you something like what happened with your brother and someone and you're 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 gonna get calls you around you call us if you need if you need me right and that is the, those are the th cliche things supposed to say that that's what's supposed to happen and then time passes and you're the one that has to do battle the next day it's harder than the day of and so and then the day after that and then that is still a process right so to cope with it and um so i come back to jitsu I don't necessarily share my story with everyone. So, because I didn't, I don't want, I, I wasn't, I'm not looking for sympathy. Yeah. Right. So I, I share it now. I, I've shared it with you in the past, maybe a little bit more details today than I've done before, yeah. but you know, it kind of is to help give perspective. So if you, if anyone who's ever saw me on the mat or training or going to this or doing that or doing the other, and they see the intensity in which I do it, understand that it's in spite of everything that's happened. Get what I'm saying? It's, 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 uh, for me, it's, it's perseverance. So if I take one thing, someone says, man, you almost caught me in that check. It's an accomplishment out of the, out of the millions of things that I will learn in this journey in jujitsu alone. I'm, I'm still at like 65. You get mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm way, way behind and I know it, you know, uh, and that's, that's, you know, like, um, I'm still a white belt, you know, but I, I, you know, because of things that has happened, I have not trained consistently because yeah. of my realities. You and I started together. I, and congratulations. You just got yeah. promoted. Thank you. And, uh, you know, and we came up and you called me and you, like, you know, or we talked to each other. And I think you share with me, you know, had Richard still been here, he would have been up here. With yeah, me, yeah. I looked to my left, and I'm like, I sort of felt it for a second, like, man, if he was still here, he would be the guy in his blue belt. Yeah. Because it, it's 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 a friendship that initiated with with jujitsu, but it 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 went beyond that, right? So that's why you know you invited me here. That's why I'm here. You've given me the floor to to, mm -hmm. to open up, you know, um, and. It is relatable because it is the part that actually has helped me balance, keep balance, right? Um, and I've had other people who've given me words and have said, just because of what they see me do, once they learn my story, they hover over me. And they're like, and even, even uh, Alpha would look at me. I remember the first time he said, and I sat down. In between rounds, when we were, and I sat down, said, "What are you doing?" And I said, "Oh shit, attention!" Mm -hmm. And I put, you know, I ran my ass back to to go yeah. roll. So it was like I took that. It was just that yeah. same line. It's nothing, nothing major. What are you doing? 
it's just don't let up. Yeah, that means he he's expecting, or he, not that he's expecting. He knows you have more. You you follow? Yeah, yeah. So that part and those little gestures here and there is what's helped me continue to cope. And I've gotten everywhere. I've gone to Winter Haven. I've you know, and I've even gone to Peru. You know, I've mm-hmm. trained in Peru. I remember that, yeah. Uh, and and they've learned about my story and uh, we'll roll. And it's funny over there because in the U.S., I'm just an average-sized guy. But in Peru, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm the, I'm the little heavier, I'm a little, you know, taller and so on yeah. and so forth. And so when I was rolling with the guys there, my God, man, they would go all out because they would think, like, I got it. I'm not stronger than this. And it would be funny. I'll lay down at the end of the day. You know, you don't feel nothing while you're rolling. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you accidentally rub your leg with your foot or whatever. You're just trying mm-hmm. to get... Damn, why is it sore here? And there's a bruise. Yeah. And you're like, oh my god, man, you guys really went crazy. Yeah. The when did I, I think I woke up Wednesday? I'm like, why am I so sore? It was well, I got kicked, kneed in the chest. Um, I it was just a hard day. And ever since I got the blue belt, I have been getting rolled hard by white belts. Like, I mean, I'm, it was like uh, Coach Pat said it to me. Oh, they're. They're trying to get in the men, uh, the mentality that if they tapped you, then that means they're a blue belt, you know. And um, I remember like one guy was pushing me back, and I saw that he was pushing me towards somebody. I said, "Stop, stop, 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 stop!" Right? And then he kept pushing, and I try to stop myself with my hand, like right before we hit him, and I ended up still hitting the guy. And this finger is still a little; it got jammed, mm-hmm. you know. But it's those things are like um, a few people said, "Now they're gonna go harder on you." Just because you earned it, and they know you earned it, but they just they just want to beat you up. But yeah, it was Wednesday morning. I'm getting. I'm like, man, like ribs hurt. My my shoulders are stiff. Like my right. one of my hamstrings was was tight. Like, and I don't feel like I rolled hard. It's just that was the second week of uh, <clears throat> like people trying to like murder me. But um, somebody told me it goes away. Like, yeah, give it a few weeks. They forget. Like. You know, they forget about it. Like, once they've seen you with the blue belt, you know, like, ten times or something. Right. You know, like, they, they forgot that they, you, you were with them. But, um, I mean, it doesn't get any easier the older you get. Now, I don't, this is not to say when you get older and you're, you know, like I told you before, I started in my sometimes there's memes out there where there's a, there's a picture guys who train when they're 40 uh and the doctor says just put ice where it hurts and he's covered <laughs> yeah, in ice yeah. right his whole yeah. body right yeah. so it's just hilarious there are memes associated with that and yes um you know the recovery time if you get injury take a tad bit yeah. longer than takes others a little longer unless but, you unless you take some stuff to recover but exactly yeah um i do know that um you know being older like with me Oh, I get, I, I've seen it with you. Like, I don't have an ego of getting um, beat. Like, I didn't do. I didn't get any close to beating anybody the first six, seven months. Like, I, it was to the point where I, I even told myself, and I might have said it out loud, "Is like I'm not even like getting better." And then one of the black belts, Chris Lowe, was like, "Uh, don't worry." And he's like, uh, "Yeah, around the six months, you're doing so bad at everything because you're learning so much that you feel like you're garbage." It was just give it a few more months and then your your brain will click in again. Like then you start figuring out your style. And literally like three or four months later, 
it just it all clicked in and I, I was I was rolling better and um, still making mistakes but now it was now I'm getting people going hey just don't put your hand there and I won't tap you or stop putting your hand there don't leave your knee there don't right. don't put your weight on here because it feels like you're doing something but it really isn't it's you right. know so that happened around like the nine months time and then um, then we ended up getting like a whole new batch of, of white belts and and then now I'm seeing like little of the things they were making. Oh my, hey, don't put your arm there. Like, but the first time, yeah. I'm not letting them wait six months to go. Don't put your arm there. You know, when I get here, you know. Um, and I feel like a lot of the white belts have progressed like a lot, like or yeah. quick because of that. Because I'm that's a I like to train people like that. Whenever I anywhere I've worked, I've had to train new people. I train them and not making easy mistakes first. Like, hey. Don't get into this screen. Don't put the parts here. Or like whenever you see this engine, don't do this. Like I know it's gonna look like that, but you know, whatever. So, and that's how I've been like trying to help some of the white belts. Is like, yeah, don't put your arms out when you're trying to push me away because it's an easy armbar. Or um, don't panic. Like just stop panicking. Like stop breathing. Like this doesn't. This isn't gonna kill you. It's just discomfort. <clears throat> like discomfort isn't breaking anything. Go through the discomfort, and then you realize that. Now you could work, you know, because that's one thing that stopped me. I'm like, I get people just, um, will just like lay on my head and I tap. And uh, Bradway, the the black belt, he goes, I'm gonna teach you not to tap to that. Like you're you're not dying. You know, he's like, you're not dying. You're you're still breathing. Like you just have somebody over your face that, and if you're claustrophobic, you're gonna tap. He goes, just go through it. Just you know, just start working to get me off. You know, so that's I've been rolling with other white belts like that, like. Even when I was a white belt, because I would sort of get like, um, not angry, because I know uh, my friend Brandon was like, hey, I need you to get better, because you're the only guy my size, and if you don't get better, then I'm never going to get better, so you need to like shape up quick, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm bad, you know, and I've been telling that to some white belts, like, hey, you need to like stop doing these easy things, because every time you do it, I take your back, like just literally don't do it, I don't understand, it's like, don't put your arm there. Oh, go for the underhook. Like, stop. Don't go for an overhook. Because um, I feel like it helps them like progress quicker, and then it helps me. And um, yeah, I mean, but but so we're older. Did you ever find like as you're being submitted and you're being submitted by worlds, you know, or people that are a hundred pounds less than you? Did you ever get you get discouraged, but you know, did you ever get to the point where you just felt like you were a failure and you didn't, you couldn't do this anymore? Or because hmm. I do know that is like a major reason. Um, I'll try to find it. I don't know if I can anymore. There was like a, a pie chart of reasons, like legitimate reasons why people quit jujitsu, and that was one of them. The um, all I'm doing is getting beat. I can't get anything. Um, you know, I'm trying to do the drills and they don't work. Um, and then they all quit within, you know, three or four months. And I know that's ego that gets you, you know. Yeah, because I don't, you, that I'm not, not sure if they're, I guess it would go back to the reason why you actually are there, yeah. right? Why did you actually initiate training, wanting to train jujitsu? Uh, because you but here, you heard about it here, you heard, what is your motivation, right? And you were told this, you were told that. Understand there's marketing involved in all parts. You understand in order to sell something you're going to be this is the most effective in this this is this everything's based off of percentages you know um 
whoever the terminology you'll see you'll watch boxing you'll always have a puncher's Mm-hmm. You know, there's always a chance that you can knock that person out, yeah. whether you're skilled. Right. So, um, but in the case with jujitsu, uh, again, my motivation was son, right? Mm-hmm. I went there. So even though I get tapped, I'm like, you know, cursing in my head. One guy told me he stopped me. I, you know, sailor, basically. I'm a cur- <laughs> What cur- branch were you in? I was in the army. Okay. okay. But I was, yeah. man, I'll mother effing, yeah. you know. He had a Marine's army, mouth right? in the army. He, oh, my God. Yeah, my brother-in-law was in the Marines, so. So he, he they, uh, hey, they stop cursing. Uh-huh. And so he would, he would tell me that because he mm-hmm. would say that I was like being, like I was discouraged. And I'm like, mm-hmm. listen, I said, it's the, it's the military app. Yeah. I said, I'm going to let out, but I'm going to get back in. I'm not discouraged. Yeah. I'm more so beating myself up about it because mm-hmm. I allowed, like I saw it coming and it still happened, yeah. right? So that for me was more, okay, how do I prevent it from happening? I said one thing. So I take one thing. You know, if, 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 I'm, if I know, for example, somebody's coming with an disease, yeah. you know, or somebody's trying to get me on an Americana, they're a higher belt and they're trying to figure out, okay, I know what you're trying to do. So it's, it's, how do I prevent you from actually being executed? And if I'm able to do it, check mark. I recognized it. I've used what I've learned and been able, to, I was able to apply it def- on the defensive side, yeah. right? Which is primarily what we try, what we're trying to do with white belt is just to avoid, you know, uh, getting, you know, submitted. So if I can go, shit, if I can go five minutes and I'm with a higher belt and, I, and I'm not getting caught, to me, that's a check mark. Yeah. Right, because that just shows and proves that what you are learning, you're actually able to apply it. Now, granted, as we are rolling, we understand the intensity level is not as high position, but yet and still, it's still there is still a level of intensity in a roll. Yeah, and I, I we can't discredit that. It doesn't it doesn't matter if if there are if they are limited or not. If you feel like you want them to step it up. Ask them, ask them, step it up a little bit. I want to see where I'm at. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of want to gauge where you're at. If you can recognize this or recognize, and they'll do it with no problem because those persons are actually interested. Like what, what sense does it make for, to have, you know, uh, higher belts, right? There's three brown belts and everybody else is white. Mm-hmm. You're going to just roll with three guys forever. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how are you going to improve? You know, you want those white belts to get better so that your competition level uh, and, and your performance actually would also. Yeah. You know, because you don't know. My case, I'm at a disadvantage from jump mm-hmm. because I'm already in my 40s. There's nobody else in their 40s yeah. there, right? And anyone who's in their 40s. Black belt. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's not the same, yeah. right? So I already know that once the white belt comes who's in their 20s, Right off, right off rip, they're going to be like, you know, I could, once they see a speck of gray on the side of mm-hmm. my head, they're going to know, okay, this is the guy, he's not going to move. Then they find out differently when mm-hmm. the role comes. Yeah. But the thing is that our, the way we're processing things is a bit different because we've recognized that there are certain disadvantages, right? Uh, but we've learned to, how to 
how to make it an advantage for us because they're relying on you, right? Remember, man, before whatever sport you played, you know, when you were younger, whatever, when I played against my dad in soccer, I mean, I was like, and I'm going to, I'm going to, because I'm, I'm a sprinter. Yeah. I'm going to run by you. You're slow. You're slow. You're <laughs> yeah. small. You're the, these yeah. are all the things I told my dad. Yeah. So I had touched the ball one time and I was gone. Yeah. There was no way he was going to catch me. Now, if I was trying to go skill for skill, he would take me all day in yeah. spite of his age. But I knew that I couldn't beat him in that. So I'll, I'll rely on what I can. And that's my youth. Right. So it's the same thing from what I've seen on the, on the mats. And so, but I've recognized, I, I've learned that, I've, I've accepted the fact that nine times out of 10, the person that I'm going to roll with is younger than I am, mm -hmm. right? But nine times out of 10, my mindset is, okay, I'm, this is not a win or lose. It's how well I do with this person. Mm -hmm. How well I, am I recognizing? My, my thought process is recognition. Am I recognizing what's taking place? Am I able to prevent it? Can I actually counter it? You know, when I get someone says, yeah, you, I, I didn't realize that you were going to go for this, right? Mm -hmm. And then you catch them. So you ask them, you say, hey, am I okay to do a little bit more with you? Because there's limitations, right? Mm -hmm. White belts aren't supposed to do, but this is in competition. Mm -hmm. But as you're practicing, your competition is scheduled. It's a, it has rules, so mm -hmm. on and so forth. But life is, is the majority part of, 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 of your time. You know, you're going to be out, you're going to, you know, you find yourself with this, you train more than there, you know, you train more during the week, competition is just one day, right? With rules. There's no rules anywhere else. So you ask, want to learn, you want to learn as much as you can. You ask that person, you say, hey, is it okay if I, I'm able to you know, try a little bit of this, try to find. They are going to allow that. You're going to attempt to do things. And if he's a good part, training partner. He will, he will point out the mistakes, right? Say, you almost caught me in this. I wasn't expecting this. But here, you can't do this, 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 that, as you mm -hmm. were mentioning before. That's how we learn. The other ones, when we're, we're talking about the youthful white belts, as I had an experience a couple of days ago, I don't know about youthful, but it's just youthful in the sense of new in jujitsu. And it was an experience, a frustrating experience for me because. I'm in it for improvement. Mm -hmm. This person is in it for uh, pride, glory, a yeah. glory, or whatever yeah. the case. They mm -hmm. want, they want to, they want to win a role. Yeah, in a training class when it's not a competition. And you've posted that before. That uh, that guy holding up. Yes. The, the, yeah. Don't try to win a role. Like yeah. what do you, what do you, what is, what is the point? Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, what is the point? What what do you actually get out of it? If you're rolling, even us. Say if we got persons that came in and they're older than you, and we we know that we could possibly take them. Are you gonna be? Are you gonna feel like a, a sense of accomplishment because you made him tap? You're not. So why 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 would? What where where is the sense of gratification mm -hmm. for that person? It's it's a it's a complete uh, idiotic philosophy. And I'm trying to be nice with my words, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's, uh, they are telling on themselves without actually, uh, pressing it, without saying what it is they're motivated. Yeah. That, that's not going to work. They're going to end up hurt. Yeah. That was one thing. Like, Pretty I was, much. I was so nervous, like, when I first started. And, like, I used to tell people, I was like, hey, I know I'm really fresh. And I was like 25 pounds heavier. Like, I know I'm really fresh. 
in uh, grappling, like I've done Taekwondo, boxing, crap my god, like, um, I know I'm probably the most dangerous guy out here because at any time I could spaz and snap an arm by accident. So um, I did like rolling with the higher belts for that. Um, I, sometimes I would go, hey, can I just work on how to get out of guard and then you just get back in it because you're, you're going to, you know? And they, they would, and I, I kept working. And then I remember the first time I lasted a full five minutes for the, uh, I forgot what belt. I, I want to say brown, but I don't think he was brown. And he was going like, and I just, I just remember knowing, nope, if I put my arm here, he's going to grab it. If I put my thumbs here, it, it pushes the arm out. If I, you know, if I try to grab this leg, cause it feels like I should grab this leg, then he gets me there. Like, and it was just, I didn't do anything offensively at all. The, the five minutes, it was all right. defense. And at the end, he's like, you're getting really good. You know? And I was like, well, how, how, how hard were you going? He goes, Oh, I was, he goes, not a hundred percent, but he goes, I was up there. Like you're, yeah. like, you defended everything. Like yeah. you're getting really good. So those are those things like that are positive where, those are big ones, except for, you know, especially for, you know, a smaller or um, like a white belt, blue belt. Like when, when you could actually keep up defensively on somebody that knows everything you're going to throw at them and, you know, and, and everything. Like they know every they know where you're going to put your foot, where they know where you could put your hands. And and uh, and when you could actually prevent um, everything they're throwing at you. And I'm not saying like every single thing, because, of course, um, um they weren't doing well i think a few did wrist locks but they weren't doing knee bars you know and i know i was keeping them out there they weren't doing leg locks but when you're defending everything i would say to your belt level even like the one above it to somebody that high like you know it, it's very encouraging um i know anybody that doesn't do jujitsu listening is like you're getting beat but you're telling me it's encouraging it's like well yeah like because you know that like you the little building blocks are getting or, or you're getting better and um and then, like, you're rolling with somebody in upper belt, and Hoppe has laughed at them because they slip and they forget something. And then all of a sudden, I pass their guard easily, and Hoppe laughs at them going, you know why he did that? Because you didn't think he was going to do it or whatever. Like, you left your leg out, or you didn't squeeze, or you put your arm. It's like, uh, that's why that happened. You know, and of course, they work now. They work to get the control back. But he does remind people, it's like, stop being lazy. Like, just because he's a white belt... Doesn't mean he 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 doesn't know um, he's not going to beat you, you know. Um, or sometimes you're rolling with somebody, and I was rolling with uh, brown belt the other day, and I almost had a wrist lock. And his friend behind him goes, "Don't you dare tap to that! You better get out of that one. Did you better not tap?" And I'm like, "Look at him! Like, stop encouraging him! Like, and he and but I understand. Like, you let him grab it like an idiot, work to get out of it. Like, you better not tap to that, you know. And he did it, and he got out of it, which was awesome." Um, so now I know that even if it's like a wrist lock is deep, like like how to right. how to move your body, and it's pretty awesome to to see that, you know, like especially when you start like seeing how they do their legs, just moving their legs, you know, those are the like. So we'll talk about like, do you need to go to fundamentals classes? Like, of course you do, right? And I'm going to still go even though I'm a blue belt, um, because even when you weight lift, like what I would do a couple times a year is I would actually go back to my beginner uh, program. Mm-hmm. of just like two or three reps of 15 of a lightweight sort of like mm-hmm. re, you're re not relearning but you're just restarting you know an easy program and i feel like fundamentals keeps you there where you're you're not learning how to do the arm bar again but you're remembering because if you the more you do it you know there's like 10 different ways to do an arm bar but sometimes you forget the easiest way you know the fundamental way right. um 
and I, and I've noticed it like rolling with people where I'm like, there's a triangle here, and it's not even squeezing, and it's not thinking, you know, I was like squeeze, and then pop out of it, but um, or or anything like, you know, um, I, I've seen upper belts like try to do a straight ankle on me, you know, getting me angry, like you're not actually doing the straight ankle. I don't know what you're doing. Um, and I know it just you forget like. And that is a thing, like, so you were talking about, like, uh, sometimes, like, uh, going for glory or, or, or pride, but I do know some people, um, and I've seen it, like, when they get tired, they rely on something, and I think everybody does it, right? When you're tired, what do you rely on? Do you, are you relying on defense? Are you relying on surviving? Um, I did it one time, and I was dead tired during a roll, and I just, like, relied on staying in half guard, right. like, and I knew I had a, a bunch of stuff. I'm, I mean, I'm being screamed that I had all these things, and I'm like, I just... I want to tap, like I'm dead tired, you know. And I looked at the time, I was like, I got four minutes left, like, man. <laughs> and I think I even gave up my back, right? But the guy didn't know how, what to do on my back, so I'm like, man. You know, I was like really mad. I was like, come on, like, like choke me. Um, but like, so I, I rely on, on, I don't know, when I get tired, I, I rely on, like, not letting them get full, full side control, top mount or anything. I just rely on, on blocks and stuff and. Um, but I do know some people rely on like something else, right? Right. So some people are rely on a wrestling thing. Um, they came up from wrestling, um, and I seen it. Uh, somebody was visiting, and when he got tired, he just uh, pancaked the guy. You know, he just gets on top, and and I knew, and, and it was it was an open match, so I know it was probably you know when it was summer, so 150 right. degrees in of there. Course. So, and I know you're dead tired, and this is like your tenth roll, and you just need a break, so you just. Right. You know, um, and then I seen some other people. I don't even know what they're doing. Um, like their mind gets fogged up. So and I and I sort of did it myself, where you're you're remembering one drill, but you're attempting it, but you're doing the steps of another drill. So you're not getting anything. You're like why isn't this working? And with me, it was I was trying to do uh, a sweep that Carson Gracie Jr. taught. But then I remembered steps from somebody another black belt was teaching us. So I ended up getting stuck, and I'm like, this isn't working. And then when I got out, I'm like, oh, because I was doing two things that they, they do both work, but they don't work together. You know, so I ended up just like, how did I get worse in this position? And then, because you're doing it wrong, you know. And that, it was because I was tired and, and not frustrated, but tired and mine was going foggy. But yeah, I've noticed some people when they when they get tired, their mind goes foggy and you see them like grabbing stuff and like thinking like they're thinking and I'm, you know, and I, I've been doing like a, I like to roll people where I'm doing the defense to their offense, especially um, the newer guys. Cause I, I really want to show them how, like how things work, you right. know, like how the drills work. And, and I'm there just, uh, you know, on the bottom, like frozen, like thinking, you know, do a simple like bump sweep. Are you okay? He goes, yeah, man. They don't know what to do. It's like, I've been there. Like, you know, I've been there. But And then some other people, like, you know, I know you're saying they get prideful and then they get angry. And I remember, like, probably a year and a half ago, I was first there. Some guy getting angry that he couldn't do something. He kept getting tapped by a brown belt. And then he was a white belt. I'm like, well, he's a brown belt. Like, ask him, what am I doing wrong? But he didn't. And he kept trying it. Kept getting, I say he kept getting caught in the darts or whatever. He got mad and started punching the ground. Guy's like, whoa, walked off to another mat and 
they're punching a punching bag, but it's like, you gotta ask, man, keep getting caught. What am I doing? And he's like, put your arm here. And it could have been that you right. put your arm there, you know? And so, um, yeah, it goes back to whatever it is. What is it? What is it? I, I, I'm when I game came in. Okay. Fine. Tap, 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 whatever. But as you kept going and you realize, okay, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's it. I think that in the beginning, <clears throat> from what I've seen, is my personal experience that when you're rolling with a higher belt, there are typical mistakes that white belt make, right? They're they're expecting that mm-hmm. to happen. Like, okay, if I'm in this position, they're typically roll this way, mm-hmm. so on and so forth, and I'm going to be catching this. So you say. I'm not going to. And when you're at a stalemate, like you're in a position, whether it's turtle, whatever, and they're still trying to be like, okay, they're expecting that. Mm-hmm. And you don't do it. So you're both standing still. And then they'll move on to something else. You know? Yeah. And then you continue the role that way. But that's the check mark I talk about. It's just, okay, you recognize that he's waiting for this setup that you would, I'm not going to make recognition. Right. That's the part is in. It's an encouraging. Can't you have to? Uh, in order to, you got You're gonna make a shift, takes, but eventually you, you're gonna get better at it. Uh, for those who get discouraged, right? Outside of real life, right? Which also can impact, right? Because you, like, man, I got this to do or I got that to do. I just don't have time, yeah. right? And we get that, but this is for myself. Like this is my experience. This is sanctuary. This is where I can get away from things that are happening on the outside. Right. This is where all the differences that I may have, even with the people I'm rolling with, outside of jujitsu, we may have all differences, likes, dislikes, points of views, so forth. But when we're on the mat at that moment, that that's irrelevant. Right. Yeah. So we understand. We embrace that. We are the motivation for the other person. If you're a higher belt and you see a white belt crying and trying and you're tired of shit, the the higher belt, you'll notice that from what I've my experience here at Carl Gracie is that would be enough encouragement for them to grab you and say, Hey, do this, do that, and they'll start working with mm-hmm. you and they'll start helping you, regardless to them feeling tired. And that's the part that I've embraced. Because I know for a fact that someone somewhere is actually watching what that's why I go back to the Hoffa comment. Like, what are you doing? I'm just sitting down. I'm trying to get rest. I'm tired <laughs> of sitting. And no, it's not. Because it's 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 just that simple gesture. Simple gesture that that, that, that higher belt says, hey, good, but mm-hmm. your arm is here. Your hand yeah. is here. Your leg is there. So on and so forth. Or a higher belt, get caught with this. Mm-hmm. Get caught with that. Recognize, do not ever... Do this. Do, don't do that. Don't you? All of those little. T- it's a lot to, of course, as well. Yeah. You're not gonna get better overnight. Just we're not, you know, um, our garage uh, jujitsu training, right? <laughs> and all of a sudden going to open mats to to show that we learned a lot. Uh, but we take this craft serious because mm-hmm. it's it's done something for us, which, in my opinion, helps mm-hmm. in our personal. Because it gives us a sense of accomplishment, right? At, at when you get older, 
um, you want to have, you want to feel some sort of relevance, you know, with whether it's your spouse, your children, uh, whether it's friends, whether it's at work, whether it's whatever it is that you that gives you a accomplishment. And you transition that to life, in my opinion. This is what I, uh, I've been, I use for my, for my motivation. Not just jujitsu, but jujitsu plays a role, mm-hmm. right? And uh, because of that, because when you're on the mat, <clears throat> it's about uh, time. It's about, mm-hmm. excuse me, the thought process. Mm-hmm. How to prevent this, how to prevent that, how to prevent the other. How do you apply that, that same tactic with life? You're investing in something investment let mm-hmm. me see what about this what about that what about yeah or actually let me research it to see what has gone wrong and how and is it going to go wrong with me is there anything that i could change and most of the time with a lot of like a lot of business stuff like the ftx with brady and then they got money from ukraine whatever it's a big investigation but like a lot of people are probably going to go bankrupt from it you know and it's those things like so. The next time something like that comes up, you're like, "This sounds a little too good. Let me take five minutes to research it." You know, I wish you could do that with jujitsu, where you could go, "Hold on, let me Google this. I got my arm here on your hip," and you go, "No, no, no, no. That that's a bad one." You know, but that's a good thing. Like you, you do learn that if you're like, like calm. You could be calm in any situation. Like, um, I need to move. Um. Should I move? Should I not? I'm afraid. Should I rent? Should I own? So you could actually, now we know it's like, you could take a breather. We could take five or 10 minutes, do a little bit of research. We could ask friends. Like sometimes people get, as they get older, they get afraid to ask other people because they're embarrassed. But now we're like, no, I, I'm asking a 25 year old, hey, how do I do this? You know, and that does help um, as you get older where you can ask for directions. And most people, most men don't, but. I, I don't have an issue asking for directions because I'd rather get there, yeah, I mean, do whatever I got to do. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm guilty. But yeah, man. as you get older, like that, that, or as you as you do more jujitsu, that's like, it's it does help other aspects of your life. Like, they're taking advice a little different um, from certain people, and so good man. It was a great episode. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to do more. Yeah. Oh. Well, all right. Um. You want to do your Instagram or anything or any? Um, yeah, I could do a couple Instagram shoutouts. Um, as I as we're cl- we're closing this segment up, because uh, we'll we'll probably talk about the other one you had in the next episode. Okay. Yeah. Um, just I hope this serves as a um as as beneficial to you in some ways. Now, um can be in a situation difficult um as difficult as it may there's always going to be someone near you um around you close to you actually as open to listening understand that at the time when we were going through turmoil um it's all we need was an ear to lend an ear and that's what this school particularly did for me is that it lent me that ear that I, and I didn't even have to ask for it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I didn't even have to ask and say, hey, will somebody listen to me? Mm-hmm. It was automatically putting themselves in the position. Uh, and you, just by the position they placed themselves in, was 
I'm here to, uh, to listen. Mm-hmm. The same, you know, that's how, you know, we build the bond, you and I. It's just because of that. I've been an open mass. Well, we may roll once or twice, and then the rest of the time we're just... Yeah, there was one we rolled it. once, and we talked for an hour. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And so that's just that's just proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, and never feel that you're alone in whatever the struggle may be. There's always help, hope, uh, help you cope, or at least point you. There's no set of instructions uh, there um, in place to say, hey, you should do this. Should do that. There are those that you, the, the service ex, uh, from their experience can serve a purpose for you. Mm-hmm. At the end, you'll have to de- make the decisions on how what you see best fit for yourself. Mm-hmm. But at least utilize what you have available. And uh, if if this helps anyone, um, then I'm thankful. Yeah, I'm thankful for that. Even if it's just one person. Yeah, my experience is is my experience. Um, I'm here. I'll be here as long as God decides to yeah. take me away. But if not, I'll, I'll be here. Yeah, I'll be rolling with you guys until awesome. doesn't matter how old I get. Yeah, you guys know that. Yeah, because we do have. I think we have like a old. I'm, I mean, I I don't want to make fun of him, but I think he's in his late seventies to maybe eighties. Black belt too, so yeah, he's up there. So, alrighty, well, All right. thank you again. We'll see you guys me. next week. See ya.